Hey guys, and welcome to the final episode of The Playful Psychologist for 2020. I know this season is only five episodes, but, um, you know, with everything going on and family stuff, I really wanted to be present with my family, especially considering it's my little one's um, very first Christmas. So yeah, this will be the final episode, but there are going to be some brand new episodes, some really cool content coming in 2021. So stay tuned for that. What I wanted to chat about today is something that I get asked quite a lot um, from new psychs, and it's about boundaries. So this episode in particular is probably more beneficial to psychologists more than anyone else. But obviously, if you're not a psychologist, you're more than welcome to listen and, and learn a bit about boundary setting. So what I mean by boundary setting is the, the actual question I get asked quite a lot is how do I leave work at work and how do I make sure I'm not engaging in transference or counter-transference and how do I set boundaries in my therapy? So I want to break boundaries into three categories. So time boundaries, email boundaries and client in session boundaries. So the first one we're going to chat about today is setting boundaries in therapy when it comes to your work hours. And believe me, I know that how difficult it can be to kind of leave work at work. And I remember when I first began working as a psychologist, um, I remember like at eight o'clock at night, I'd be at home and I'd pull my laptop out just to, you know, check my calendar to see what I had on the next day. And before I knew it, two hours had passed and I'd been session planning or checking emails and that sort of thing. And that personally to me is really unhealthy and I know if you're a boss you may not like to hear this but I personally believe that therapists in particular um, need to leave their work at work I think a lot of you know um, occupations need to leave work at work but I think when it comes to being a therapist of any sort work absolutely needs to be left at work you know we already give so much of our emotional energy every day to our clients and at some point we do have to switch off Um, and what I mean by that is all your session planning your note writing your letter writing all of that needs to be scheduled into your work hours when you're at work it is absolutely not something that you should be doing after hours um, at home If your calendar is really, really crazy and you're not sure that you have the time to do it at home, you need to, you know, speak up for yourself and organize a meeting with your boss and explain to them how you're feeling and, you know, maybe chat to them about needing to block out an hour, an hour and a half each day to catch up on everything. And that conversation can be really nerve wracking. And I remember the first time I did it, I pretty much spluttered through the whole thing. But to my surprise, my boss was like, yeah, absolutely. Of course. Why didn't you say anything sooner? So I think 99% of the time, a good boss will definitely understand where you're coming from. And a good boss will completely agree that work needs to be done at work. And if you need a bit more extra admin time, then go for it. Um, On that note as well, though, I did want to mention, don't forget that any billable report or letter writing needs to be added to your calendar too. So obviously, from a psychology perspective, if you're just writing like a mental health care plan review letter for the GP, that's not billable, um, but still should be done in your day. But if you're doing something like an NDIS review letter or plan, you know, planning for an NDIS meeting and all that time that's billable, make sure that you block that out in your calendar as a billable hour, not only so that your boss can see that you are meeting your KPIs, but also for you. 
I feel like when we put things in our calendar, it really helps us plan our days a little bit better and it feels makes well, it makes me feel more in control. I put absolutely everything in my calendar, even if it's blocking out 15 minutes to write a GP review letter or 15 minutes emails, 15 minutes phone calls, that sort of thing. I block everything out so that I know that that's the time I've allocated and once that time's finished, I have to move on to my next task. So it kind of not only keeps me accountable, but lets my admin team and my boss know that I'm not just stuffing around on Facebook all day in those non-billable times I'm I'm filling it with important work so I think I've mentioned previously as well that I'm a contractor so prior to um, me going on maternity leave I preferred to keep my clinic days very full so I was only working three days in the clinic and I was working about 10 a.m till about 8 p.m and because I was only there three days I would just smash out clients back to back and then what I did was I designated um, a day at home Actually, no, it was probably more like half a day, four to five hours, let's say, to do any admin, any report writing, any phone calls or follow up on any lengthy emails. And that worked really well for me because I knew I had allocated time for those tasks and I didn't stress out about having to do them on my clinic days. So that's another option you guys can chat to with your bosses as to whether you do, you know, if you're working full time, you do four and a half days of clinic hours and then maybe a half day from home or you can still go into the clinic, but having that half day, that's just purely admin for the entire week. And sometimes I feel like having that allocated time as well, just psychologically can help us keep on track of things. Um, And why I mention these things is because doing work outside of your allocated clinic hours or doing work when you're not being paid, it, it can be you know, it can make you feel pretty crappy about yourself. And it's an absolute surefire way to burn out because you can only give so much of your energy each day to your work. So another boundary that I definitely learned the hard way to kind of put up is setting email boundaries. So this one is a really simple boundary to set up, like I said. And firstly, the first thing you need to do is remove emails from your phone, remove work emails from your phone. Trust me, do it now, like pause this podcast and do it right now. I actually didn't do this until I was leaving for my honeymoon in July last year. And my husband actually insisted that I do it. And I honestly wish I had done it sooner. And I can't believe I didn't do it sooner because before this, you know, I'd be out to dinner or I'd be at the beach and my phone would buzz and I'd be like, Oh, I'll just quickly check this email. But then whatever the content of the email was, I wouldn't be able to stop thinking about it and get it out of my mind. And I feel like I had no boundaries when it came to emails. And that was quite overwhelming and I got into the habit of like replying to the odd email really quickly and then clients assuming you know rightly so but it's my fault but clients assuming they could email me on my weekdays on my days off and then I would quickly reply so definitely that definitely became overwhelming for me and I definitely recommend you know shutting off your phone emails for work also if you're only in the clinic a few days a week it's a really good idea to set up an automatic reply to let people know what your work days are um, and when you'll be able to respond to that email so that'll stop you a checking emails on your day off but will also stop people from hassling you with multiple emails or wondering why you're not replying thinking you're being unprofessional so that's definitely something that I strongly recommend you do as well Alrighty. So let's get also, I wish someone told me I say alrighty so much. I didn't realize until I was um, like listening back to some of these podcasts. Anyway, I digress. Alrighty. Setting up client boundaries in session. So I want to um, talk about three kind of separate points points here. I'm going to talk about session time, working harder than the client, and then touch on transference at the end. 
So I think it is really important that you never do more work than your client and you're also setting up boundaries regarding your time and your session time. So that's why I just wanted to, you know, break that down a little bit for you guys. So when it comes to ending sessions on time, that can be something that is very hard to do. I personally now like to be really clear in my initial session. So I may say something like, oh, I just wanted to run you through how I typically run my sessions. I know everyone can be a little bit different. So I typically allocate 60 minutes for our session, but we'll usually spend about 50 of those minutes chatting and and talking about things, um, you know, that may come up. I then use the remaining 10 minutes to complete my admin related to our session, such as writing emails, uh, scoring any assessments I may give you, making a couple of phone calls, letter writing, case notes, and that sort of thing. So even though we do allocate 60 minutes, you'll only be present for about 50 minutes of that as I need the last 10 minutes to stay on top of your case because if I don't get those tasks in within that 60 minutes or that hour I would unfortunately have to bill you for additional time and I obviously don't want to do that. Um, so by clearly going into detail with them, what admin may involve, they know that I'm working for them in that last 10 minutes and I'm not stuffing around. And most of the time, 90% of the time, that will be enough and my clients will understand, um, you know, that that's what that time is for, but you will, you know, sometimes have that client that does go overtime or in my case, I typically have parents who drop the child off for the session and then don't come back until the very end of that hour, but still want to have a lengthy chat about the session. And it can be really, really hard to have those conversations with clients and parents, but you definitely need to let them know that your schedule is too full to go overtime and that it really isn't fair to your next client, you know, who may have already arrived and is sitting in the waiting room. So you need to explain to them that if they want to have a lengthy chat that is totally fine and they can book another session um, you know just one-on-one with you to go through that or um, you can recommend maybe a billable phone call and explain to them the cost of that phone call or you can recommend to them that they come at the 45 minute mark instead um, and have, you know, a little bit of a chat at the end of their initial session. And I would say to them, you know, it's completely your choice and kind of put the onus back on them and let them decide what they want to do. But definitely put your foot down if you constantly have a client that waits to the very last minute um, to show up to pick up their little one or, you know, kind of drags the session out a little bit Um and isn't picking up on your cues that you need to end up the session. As an absolute last resort, um, and this is more so with adults more than anything, I may chat to the client about using a timer so that we know when we have to wrap things up. I've actually only ever had to do that twice in six years of being a psychologist, but it was quite effective. And I chatted to them about it beforehand. Obviously, I didn't just spring a timer on them. I was like, you know, you and I... um, seem to be you know making a lot of progress in therapy but we are going a little bit overboard and I'm really conscious of making sure that we're not doing that um, because it can be a little bit unfair on the next person so I was thinking maybe we'll set a timer um, that lets us know that we have five minutes to go and then another timer to let us know that we absolutely have to wrap things up what do you think and again i in the two times that I've had to do that a client's been quite on board with that they're totally fine with that um Another option as well, if you've got the time in your calendar, is also having a chat with your client about perhaps needing to bill for 1.5 hours so that they can have their one hour, one hour, 10 session, but you still have time for all that admin. But again, give them the option and ask their thoughts. So you're kind of like putting the ball in their court and letting them make the decision, but also remaining really firm on your policy of not going over time for free, basically. Um, 
on that note, yeah, I guess the most important thing that I want to reiterate for this kind of boundary that I'm chatting about is not to sell yourself short. Even if you're a new psych, your time is so valuable. You have no idea. And I know we've spoken about imposter syndrome. And if you haven't listened to that episode, please do. But your time is so valuable. You are a professional. You have training that not a lot of people have. And it can be really tricky when people unfortunately do try and take advantage of that. And sometimes this can also be the case with phone calls. So you may have a client or a parent um, call the clinic and say, they just need to tell you something quickly. But then that could go on for 20 minutes that phone call and that can be really hard because for me especially like where do I draw the line between wanting to give my client that time but what if 10 clients a day wanted an extra 20 minutes of my time for free I'd be in a huge pickle I wouldn't have time to see any clients and I wouldn't be making any money so you really need to stick to your guns about this and be quite upfront and honest about what they can expect um, so that everyone is on the same page with emails um, which is another one like sometimes I get really late for emails that require quite a lot of thought with emails, I'll personally reply if it's a short reply, like if it's like, oh, I need to change my session time, I'll reply saying just call admin. You know, if it's a really quick thing, then I'll do that. But if it's quite a long email, I'll reply and acknowledge that I've received it by saying something like, thank you so much for your email. I have received it and we can discuss it at your next session, which is on Monday at 3 p.m., you know, something like that, so that they know that I've read it, they know that I've received it, but I'm also, again, not using non-billable time to respond to that email when that is definitely something that shouldn't be discussed over email and should be discussed in session. Um, So, yeah, that's what I like to do in that regard. Um, But, yeah, another boundary for in session that I wanted to quickly chat about is when it comes to clients and making sure that you're not doing more work than the client. So um, as you guys know, I do run mentoring sessions and I have actually had this chat with about five or six people in mentoring sessions this year alone. And if you feel like you're constantly setting homework tasks that are not getting done, or you're constantly trying to come up with strategies that, you know, don't really seem to be working, that's when you need to take a step back and realize that you may be doing more work Um, than the client and you as a psychologist should never be working harder than your client what I always say is we should be upskilling our clients to manage situations when they arise in the future and giving them the tools to overcome challenges but we should not be overcoming those challenges for them And lastly, when it comes to session boundaries, there's obviously transference and counter-transference, which we talk quite a lot about at uni in our ethics courses. So I don't want to chat about this too much, but I just want to kind of refresh you guys and explain to you guys what they are. So in a therapeutic context, transference refers to redirection of a client's feelings for a significant person to the therapist. So the feelings that they have towards, you know, someone in their life, they are then experiencing those feelings towards a therapist instead. They don't necessarily have to be romantic or anything like that, but it's just any sort of feeling is redirected. And then countertransference is when the uh, a therapist redirects feelings towards a client or more generally like they get kind of like emotional emotionally tangled up um, with the client. Again, it does not have to be romantic. It can be, but often it's just like, you know, you're kind of blurring those lines sometimes between a friend and a client and that sort of thing. So transference is an important thing to be mindful of, and it does happen frequently. It can occur in therapy um, because, you know, often um, clients 
you know, don't have anyone else in their lives that they feel comfortable chatting to and that sort of thing. So it definitely can happen. And you often as a therapist will be able to see kind of patterns of the the client's behavior and how they interact with their friends through that transference experience. So while it can be, um, you know, a, a problem, it can also be quite eye opening. But it is really important to be mindful of both transference and counter transference to kind of ensure that you're not exactly crossing those boundaries from therapist and client to something more or anything else. And if you are concerned that that might be happening, it might be a really good idea to engage in some peer supervision or if you're still um, undergoing formal supervision, then that's a great thing to bring up as well. I also found that journaling about it kind of helped me hold myself accountable and and kind of helped me reflect and you know just doing some daily reflections or weekly reflections can also be a really good idea um so yeah i hope that was helpful you guys like i said this is the last podcast for 2020 what a year it's been hey um but yeah please stay tuned for 2021 and if you haven't already listen to all of the past episodes because um you may find some really cool content in there moving forward and yes Thanks for listening. Happy, Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays and Happy New Year. I'll talk to you guys next year. See ya.